Hi there, I'm Dave Butler. Stefan Tager. Welcome to the Revival Podcast. I'm excited. Same, you should be. With a name like Revival, if you're new, we take a conference talk every single week and we're pulling out just the just the timely and timeless like power statements from it. Just the, what is the question that this talk answers? We're 20 to 25 minutes for your just your drive to work or while you're folding laundry or what, Stefan, swimming? Can you even listen to stuff while you swim? I'm sure it's possible. I bet. If There's... you play it loud enough. No, 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 no. I'm thinking waterproof ear things. Is that a thing? Ah, not a, it should be. So a couple years ago, 10 years ago, um, L, how old are you? 13 years ago, my daughter L is here in the studio with us because we're doing a bring your daughter to work day. So if you're her teacher, she actually did it. Um, it was when L was a baby. I was in Israel and I, um, my appendix burst. That would take the full 20 to 25 minutes to tell you the whole story. So is that okay? If everyone just knows <laughs> that disastrous part of the story and I was in a like a medically induced coma for a couple of days. And I woke up and I've never been in so much pain. My trip was ruined. I was sharing a hospital room. Like I, it was just, I th threw up everything. I, it was terrible. Wow. And halfway through I decided, okay, I'm going to, maybe I should like read scripture or something since I'm here. And I turned to that spot that a lot of us are familiar with in the book of Mormon, Alma seven, where it talks about Jesus understands our pains and our afflictions and our, you know, sorrows and so that he can succor us is what it says and i read it and i thought to myself who cares and i actually just tossed my book like across <laughs> the bed room i was like that's bogus because if he actually understands the way that i feel why wouldn't he be doing anything about it that's actually rude you know to say like oh i know how you feel and then do nothing about it and i feel like the talk that we're looking at today is uh, camille johnson's jesus christ is relief and right there, right at the title, there's a promise in the title that he is relief. And in my experience, like I wasn't having it. And, and she says this, um, the yoke, that quote about, you know, take my yoke upon you, right? And she says, the yoke is easy. The burden is light. It presumes that we get into it with him. That means entering into covenant relationship with God and keeping that covenant makes everything about life easier. Yoking yourself with the Savior means you have access to his strength and redeeming power. President Nelson taught Jesus Christ stands with open arms, hoping and willing to heal, forgive, cleanse, strengthen, purify, and sanctify us. And my question sitting in that hospital was, and I guess the question we want to ask in this episode is, okay, then how do you actually do right. that? Like the promise is sweet and it's enticing and it and it's like draws me in, but how? Right. How often do we go to church, go to sacrament meeting, go to gospel doctrine lesson, and we hear someone talk about the healing power of Jesus Christ. And we say, okay, great. That's fantastic. It's beautiful. And we're all believers and we, and we know that, but how does one actually begin to experience that? And sometimes it can be a little, it can be a little discouraging if you're suffering deeply, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and people are constantly offering you, oh, there's this healing, there's this healing, there's this healing. But how does one actually access that? How do we get relief in Christ? How do we do that? Right. And especially I was just thinking while you were saying that, like if you're sitting in the pew and you're like actually like carrying something really heavy and somebody stands up and talks about how God helped them find their car keys, you're sort of like, mm. oh, well, that 
how nice, you know, that he's helping you find your car keys, you know, and I'm actually struggling with something that's like really heartbreaking here or anyways, the promise is there. I believe the promise. It's all throughout scripture. Like it's like the scriptures are flooded with that. And I think one of the great values of this is she leads us through the answer to that question. Okay. Then tell me what to do on a Tuesday afternoon, right? That's going to help me. Not that, not that this is a math equation. I don't want it to come across as a... I want these to be principles, I guess, more right. than a formula. Yeah, I, I, it's, there's a lot of danger in thinking that um, God's a machine, that we just put in the right formula, and then we get exactly what we want back, as if we can kind of control the situation. I know this seems a really obvious thing to say, but God is an agent. He, he's free. He can do what he thinks and knows is best. And so mm. we have to allow for his will as we seek his healing and, and guidance in our lives. And just a spoiler alert, Stefan and I already know what the next talk is going to be. I think it's the next one. We've kind of talked about this already. I think we're going to get more into that idea. That just actually made me excited and want to go down that road. But y'all are going to have to wait a full seven days. How about that for a <laughs> teaser? <laughs> um, but let's, let, let's take a look then at see some of those things. So she gives that, um, that age-old analogy of the rocks in the backpack, right? And if you Classic. if you have not heard the rocks in the backpack analogy, like you don't do church. Like no like <laughs> you've never actually been to church in your life. So if you haven't been to church in your life, welcome. There's an analogy about carrying around a backpack and putting rocks in it. And essentially the point of that analogy is to to teach the fact that like life is heavy and complicated, but sometimes we complicate it and make it more heavy by carrying around things that we actually don't have to carry around. And one of those is this, you know, whatever it is that we're struggling with, if there's a promise of relief, then take the promise, Mm. you know, seize the promise of that. So that first one she says is a simple one. She's like, one of the things that we might be carrying around that are causing the heaviness is actually our sin. And she says, repentance through the atonement of Christ is what relieves us of the weight of the rocks of sin. Yeah, I, I want to know, when people hear the word repentance, do they actually think of relief from weight, or do they think of something more, something extra, a part of their life that actually just induces shame and guilt? We've got to figure out a way to talk about repentance in a way that that's actually an exciting and enlivening word in our lives. Well, and I think... President Nelson has really started to do a good job of rebranding the word, right. but we just have too much history of otherwise, you know, of that word, you know, like if you repent, where do you see, I mean, even the sound of that word, it makes me think of street corner somewhere, someone holding up a sign, they're yelling. It gives you a feeling of, oh, it's a, it's the punishment. Like repentance is the punishment for sin. I think that deep down in a lot of us, we would, oh yeah, like me may, maybe saying that, like twirled, you know, swirled that up in people. Like, oh yeah, I actually, I associate repentance as the punishment for what I've done wrong. Right, yeah, and, and Sister Johnson, she wants us of, to think of it as, it is what relieves us of the weight of the rocks of sin. I, here's one reason why I think repentance does that, is because it's really hard to feel loved unless you're fully known. We talked about this a few episodes, and repentance is a way of confessing to God and saying, this is who I really am. This is the deepest parts of me. And then when you do that, and then you experience his forgiveness, that's one of the most concrete ways of being fully known and being fully loved is to just fearlessly 
confess our sins to God mm. and, and just be open and honest. And then that, that way you can know, wow, this, these are the mistakes I've done, but I'm still loved. Mm. Right. And I, and I can, as I get better, I'll be able to experience that love more. I think another essential way that repentance actually becomes something that provides relief in our life is when it's coupled with the doctrine of justification by faith. We just went to theology mode. Good. Is that okay. Are no, no, ready? I really want you should go to yeah. Okay, so the the church's website. This is a this is like one of the most debated uh, theological terms in Christian history. Is what is justification? The church's website defines it in such a beautiful, pure, simple way. It means declared guiltless. So someone who is justified is declared guiltless. Which makes sense in the word, right? Where like right. if I did something and I said to you, well, I actually feel justified in what I did, that's code for I don't feel guilty for what I did, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But I think that first word, and keep going, I know you have more to say, but like for me to not feel guilty is actually different than being declared guiltless, right? Very different. Because if I say I don't feel guilty, I've actually become the authority, right? Or I mm. could be masking it or something if I'm like, I don't feel guilty for that. I'm just, you know, if I justify myself, there's actually not nearly as much power in that because who am I to do so as a higher authority actually declaring me guiltless? Guiltless, yes, absolutely. It's it's more like a legal term or our state or standing before God has changed. And that standing before God changes when we have faith, we live a life of repentance, and we enter into covenants with God. And so repentance is uh, the way that we stay close to God in our declared, clean state before him. So we're declared clean, and then as we repent, we, we get closer and closer to him and experience his love more. That's beautiful. And I think that would be important in even talking about, like, I, I don't think she means this and we don't mean this, and I just think it's worth repeating again and again and again and again that it's actually Jesus Christ is the relief what repentance is, is how to um, invite him into your story, essentially, that part of it, right? It's how to, like, wait, bring him into the into the situation. Like, it's my way of, like, I wish we talked about repentance as not so much a turning away from sin, but rather a turning to God. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I want to say what I just said a second ago better. I, when you're declared Good, clean, I, I was hoping that you would. Because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to say that better. When you're declared guiltless before God, that happens when you're baptized, and you don't have to worry anymore if your salvation is on trial. Mm. Um, can I give a parable that I sometimes give my students? Is that yes. okay? Yes. And it came to pass that there was a young married couple who had just been sealed in the temple, and they go to their first week in a married in a, in a family ward. After a sacrament meeting was over, the bishop came up to him and said, "Hi, I'm I'm Bishop Thompson. What's your name? And what should the, what they're from Utah Valley? What's the boy's name? What should, what should we name him?" Jeff. Jeff. Jeff turned to his wife. What's the wife's name? Camilla. <laughs> I think it's Mackenzie. It's Mackenzie. Okay, okay. okay. So Jeff turns to Mackenzie and he says, oh, this is my wife, Mackenzie. Uh, we were just sealing the temple. and uh, But, uh, you know, we'll stay sealed, I guess, if nothing happens. And the bishop looked at him kind of strange. A few weeks later, Jeff was walking down the street, and he saw an old mission buddy, and his mission buddy's like, hey, Jeff, I heard you got sealed. And he's like, yeah, totally, if we stay righteous. And, his, and the mission buddy's like, kid was always weird. I, I never never got him. A few months later, they're at Christmas, and uh, they're about to take family pictures. And what's the girl's name? Mackenzie? Mackenzie, yeah. Mackenzie's... Her Mackenzie. middle name is Camilla. Mr. Mackenzie Camilla. <laughs> she goes, 
Young Smith is her, right? And uh, the Mackenzie's dad says, hey, uh, we're going to do a family Christmas photo. Jeff, you're a part of the family. Jump in now. And he says, oh, I better not. And the and uh, Mackenzie's father says, what do you mean? And she says, and he says, uh, Jeff says, well, you, you never know what might happen. Mm. And, the, and the father says, what, what are you talking about, kind of turning red? And he says, we're only sealed and if we stay faithful until the end. Mm. And the family just didn't know what to say. So it's true we have to live a life of faith and repentance. But when we're justified, it means right now we're declared clean. And you don't walk around putting a footnote uh, like, oh, I was, I was sealed, but we got to stay faithful. You can celebrate that and right. enjoy it. And what re- repentance is while you're justified, it's the thing that brings you closer to God. But you're declared clean, but that's how you get closer to him. Well, and so maybe I, if I state it like this, tell me if I'm off. If I'm saying like I'm justified, then I actually get to live my whole life in that state of declared set clean. free, declared yep. clean. Yep. Like I actually face everything. And if I make a mistake, like I actually, like I make a mistake and then what? Like does that, does that nullify it? It's a really good question. So when a married couple gets into an argument or a disagreement, does that justify a divorce? Mm, probably not. Are there some behaviors that think, you know what, this, we probably have to end the covenant? Absolutely. So then someone might ask, well, then why not just commit all the small sins? What, why, like, if I'm justified, why not just commit a whole bunch of small sins if because small sins always, always, always lead to bigger ones, right? Right. And that would be a weird way to live any kind of relationship. Right. Like if it's a business contract, you're like, oh, I found a loophole. But if it's with another person, if it's like a relationship yeah. that you're actually trying to build and trying to strengthen and trying to enjoy richly, then then that you would never go that to that place. It's like saying, are, are you okay if I just lie a little? Yeah. Can, I just, can I just be dismissive towards you just a, a tad? Just some of that, right? Right. And so the relief that comes through repentance is, repentance just means turning to God, and that's exactly what it means. It's I'm just strengthening my relationship with God. I'm declared clean, but now I'm strengthening my relationship with him. And I really feel like there's a lot of relief in that, where you're just like, oh. It's like that word relief makes you sound like this, like, oh, you know? Right. And if someone says to me, you're just like, no, you're okay. You're declared clean. You're declared guiltless. Like, you actually don't have to carry that around. You don't have to be burdened by that worry anymore. That's relief. That is such a relief, right? So that's number one, the the sin ones. The second one, she says, is the atonement of Christ also makes it possible for us to receive strength to forgive, which allows us to unload the weight we carry because of mistreatment by others. Yeah, this is so... One of the most difficult aspects of life is that we live in a world with other humans who have agency. <laughs> and we have to learn to live with that fact that other people can make choices. And sometimes they're just, they're hurtful. They're painful. Some, sometimes we can experience deep pain from because of the choices of others. I, I had a friend who was going through a really difficult time. And I just remember feeling inspired to tell him, you've got to find ways to experience the love of God right now. You know that God loves you but you've got to find your unique ways of experiencing his love because he was going through a really difficult situation involving another person. And so if we're not feeling God's love, it will will be too easy to just carry bitterness in our hearts. Hmm. 
So, so maybe that's what she's teaching there, right? Where it's just like the atonement of Jesus Christ makes it possible for us to receive strength to forgive. And, and I think there's something in that. There's something that happens, you know, that's supernatural that might be doing that. But, but if I were to just back up and say, just seeing what he did for me, that in and of itself actually gives me strength to forgive somebody else, right? Because I, I know I, I shouldn't be forgiven, right? Like what, what, what reason does anybody have to forgive? Does God have to forgive me? Right. Like I can't, I, I can't make up for it. Like I made a mistake, like, but to see him say to me, no, I, I, I forgive you. I see that you're trying, you're making me, you know, that actually gives me strength to do that, you know, towards other people. And I think here's the reason why, because if I, for me, forgiveness means I continue to love someone and show respect to them, regardless of how they've acted. That doesn't mean I don't set boundaries. That doesn't mean sometimes, um, I, sometimes people may need to distance themselves from a relationship or whatever, whatever, you know, but it just means I still treat people with respect and love. And why does the, why does the cross help with that? Is because if I live in the world and the world teaches me this so much is that people should be treated based on the way, sorry, people's worth and their uh, worthiness of love, worthiness to receive love is based on the way they act. And if I have taken up that belief, which is just all over the place, when people treat me bad, I'm going to think, ah, you know what? They don't deserve to be treated well. Yeah. The cross just turns that completely upside down and says, you've, uh, Jesus says, you've treated me. You've, you've ignored me. You've been dismissive of my commandments. You haven't remembered me. And yet I'll still go to the cross for you. Mm. And so it teaches us that love and worth are not based in how someone acts but it's based on their divine identity. Mm. All humans uh, deserve love and goodness. And that's, that's what the cross teaches us. Right. So that line, the atonement of Christ, like just setting our hearts on it, setting our, the lens that we see other people, if we saw people through that same lens, right, that cross vision, right? It's just like, okay, if I try to see people through that same Maybe it just makes a change. Maybe there is just a change in me that happens. I, f- I feel like I can remember a time when, like, I felt like I had been forgiven. And I legitimately was kinder the rest of that day. You know? Like, I, you know those moments where someone, like, lets something go? I, like, it changes, actually. A change happens inside you. Like, there's a relief that happens, and then you are actually more compassionate and kinder and more forgiving toward other people. Yeah. President Irene said, I can't remember the exact phrase. It's from his green book, Drawing Closer to God. He said, the forgiveness of sins is the seedbed of charity, the pure mm. love of Christ, something something like that. And we use metaphors that try to describe it. We try to say, oh, if I'm filled with the love of God, then that can overflow to other people's. And that's that's the best way we can kind of understand it. But I think it just changes the way we view the value of humans. It's, mm. it, it takes it off Oh, you should be treated well based on how you act. And I'm just going to start. I was, I was shown overflowing love and I didn't deserve it. Right. So naturally I'll just do the same to others. Yeah. Oh, which is so awesome. And then the third one, she says, um, when she asked that question, how does the savior relieve us of the burdens of living in a fallen world? And she says this often he performs that kind of relief through us. 
And that is so interesting that this there's this idea of a call to one side of that is a call to like go out and like like be his be his voice, be his hands, be his heart, like treat people lift up other people, be a relief to somebody else. And this is why this helps because we don't experience the feelings that come to us. We experience the feelings that come from us. And so one of the best ways to get more life and more relief in your life, sorry, more love in your life and more relief is to extend that to others. And so that is deeply healing to extend relief to others because we experience the feelings that come from us, not the ones that come to us. Which makes it so interesting that commandment that God says the two great commandments, love God and love people. And the impact that they'll have on you, it makes me think of Elder Uchtdorf saying that one time, at least about the first great commandment, like God doesn't need your love, but oh, how we need to love God. Mm. And that's interesting, right? That the you deciding to love God and acting the way that you love him, and then the same, you loving other people is actually going to have also an impact on you. Not that we should do it for <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, right, that reason, right. but... I don't know, but maybe so. Maybe, maybe you know, if you start this, you know, this whole talk or whatever, asking the question, well, how do I get relief? Like, God actually has taught us how to do that. He was like, I've, I've actually instructed you already in, in how to find that kind of relief. And you'd said something about accepting kindness from other people. And, and was, that, was that this one that you were yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, when we, when we talk about... when. Uh, Sister Johnson says, often he performs that kind of relief through us. That means one of the ways I've got to I've got to learn to experience the love of Jesus Christ and his relief is by really picking up on the subtle ways that he sends other people into my life. And I, I, I don't know why this is so hard for us sometimes to receive grace and goodness from others, but it's a really it's it's a challenge for some people. But if we if we look really hard, who who helped me today? Who was a blessing to me today? Who was kind to me today? We'll start to see the hand of God in very uh, surprising and subtle ways, but deeply healing ways. Man, and when you talk about that was the answer to how do you find relief in like a fallen, hurting world? It's like that actually makes more sense. In fact, that story that I started with, the that night when I was so mad at the Book of Mormon and what Alma taught, where I was just like, well, if he's not doing anything about it, like why do I even care? Um that night, it was like two in the morning or three in the morning. I woke up and my mom was actually on the trip with me. And I woke up and she was like awkwardly like in the hospital chair, like next to my bed with this blanket that was too small for her. And just a and I woke up and like I woke up like like snapped out of sleep. And I looked over at her and the spirit whispered to me, I did do something about it. Mm. And that changed the way. That was a turning point for me in the hospital, and it was a turning point for me in my life to see how often, and if we're going to do percentages, I would say in the high percentages, beyond passing, <laughs> that God reaches into my life and my story and provides relief more often through other people than any other way that I can count or, or see. And so I read that one, and I think I think that might be one of, one of the best ones, and, and she gives a promise at the end that says, the relief he offers us is everlasting, which is a promise like it'll keep coming back, like God's going to keep sending people. He'll always for, forgive you every time. You, like, it's everlasting. It's going, You can keep on experiencing it. No matter what tomorrow brings, whatever this world brings or you bring to yourself, 
Jesus Christ is going to bring relief because he's relief personified. Uh, Elder, I love that. Elder Maxwell, he came to our mission and he said something like this, you will never get over your gratitude for Jesus Christ. And I think he'll continue to provide that relief and healing throughout all eternity. Amen. That's revival, baby. Revived. Okay, see you next week. (laughs) 